are living in the time of the third secret. A Fatima Classics Crossfire Session from The Fatima Challenge, May 4th, 2010. Featuring Father Nicholas Gruner, emceed by John Veneri. Questions deal with why we speak of a secret if the world was meant to know it. What sins call down God's chastisement? Our Lord's warning at Rianjo? And how we know the third secret applies to our times. What we're doing now is a question and answer session at the end of the day. Questions will be taken by Father Gruner and Chris Ferrara. Thank you. Thank you. I am called Father Joseph Kamiza from the Archdiocese of Tororo in Uganda. When my Archbishop told me to come to represent him and the Archdiocese, the priest also asked me, what are you going to do? He said, we are going for uh, a very great meeting, the Fatima Challenge. What does that involve? He said, well, the messages, you know, said, yeah, you go understand everything. I hope I will understand everything. And then come back and make sure that you tell us a lot about it, because a lot had been said, but not very much is very clear yet. There is a bit of fright. People are fighting one another. This message has come. This has happened. Our mother has appeared. No danger is in the world. That's what they are saying. So our coming here is a blessing, which, as you have been mentioning, will help many people to come to know what's the truth about it. Now, in your presentation today, uh, Lucia, Jacinta, and Francisco were told not to say, not reveal the secret, isn't it? So I don't know what they were not told to say. Were they not told to say the secret? And they were told to say that there was a secret? Can you clarify that area? I don't know if you get my point. They were told not to say until a certain time, right? But then I think they must have said that they had a secret which we were not supposed to say. And that was the beginning of those secrets going on. Even up to now, people are carrying the secret which they are not saying properly. I, think, I hope you get my question. I'll try. If I don't get it, you tell me. Okay. First of all, Our Lady gave the secret in three parts on July 13, 1917. And when they asked her what did Our Lady say, they said it's a secret. And so, in 1941, Sister Lucy wrote her memoirs under order from her bishop, and she wrote down, she said, the secret we were given in 1917 is in three parts. The first two parts, I can tell you. And she wrote it down. And you'll find it in her third memoir, dated August, I think, 31st, August, certainly, 1941. And then she was asked further questions by her bishop, and she was ordered to write her fourth memoir, in which she wrote down, the first and second parts again, and she started to give the third part because she then said in the fourth memoir, it adds the words, in Portugal the dogma of the faith will always be preserved, etc. When Lucy was questioned about the third secret, she says, in a certain way, I've already given to you. The only difference in the third memoir, she said, I'm giving you only the first and second part. After the fourth memoir, she said, I've given you, in a way, the fourth secret. And so that's those words, in Portugal, dogma of the faith will always be preserved, etc., clearly implies that the dogma of the faith will not be preserved at least some other places. 
which talks about when you have Cardinal Chappie, who was the cardinal theologian, the papal theologian for Pius XII, John XXIII, Paul VI, John Paul I, and John Paul II, when you have the papal theologian saying, before he dies, in the third secret is foretold, among other things, that the great apostasy in the church begins at the top. There you have what was implicit in the first words, made explicit by Cardinal Chappie, who read the secret. But I think your further question is, well, if it's supposed to be secret, how are we talking about it? And the answer is, Our Lady herself ordered Lucy to write on the envelope, by express order of Our Lady, this is to be opened in 1960. That was her express order. So why would you have a secret, some people ask, when it was supposed to be revealed later on? And the answer is because we would not understand it earlier. As I tried to explain yesterday, people in my age, when I was growing up in the 50s, for example, would not understand someone saying that it's going to be priests and sisters who are going to deform Catholic education and you have to protect yourselves against them. Now, if they'd said that to us in the 50s, we would not understand it. But it's easy to understand today because things have changed so much. The second thing, I think, reason why that it's progressive, the revelation of Fatima, that is, it continues to unfold more and more, is because it's so contrary to many prejudices that all of us have that it's a complete different perception. And, you know, the, what the secret services, both uh, United American and others, talk about is called perception management. If they can get you to believe something, then they can get you to do something following that. Now, if you get the point of view that the Blessed Virgin wants you to have, then they will take away all those perception management that they spend billions of dollars on. I mean, I'm not taking sides in many of these things simply because I don't want to get into controversy. But there is perception of different people on civil matters entirely done by the propaganda machinery. All I'm saying is, let's have the truth that the Blessed Virgin want to give us. I understand that Cardinal Bertoni and Mr. DiCarli don't believe that that other text is authentic because... I can tell you, Cardinal Bertoni, for example, says, can the Blessed Virgin, who is the help of Christians, he has said this, I'm quoting him almost verbatim, I'm not trying to invent it, certainly substantially I'm telling you, can the Blessed Virgin, who is the help of Christians, he is a Salesian father, and certainly the Blessed Virgin is the help of Christians, can the Blessed Virgin, help of Christians, criticize the Vatican? And the answer is, yes, she can. He thinks, by his conception, it's impossible. Because, for him, Whatever the official of Vatican says has got to be followed by the obedient Catholic. No, the answer is, our obedience, first of all, is to God. I obey the Pope because God gives him authority. I obey my bishop because God gives him authority. I obey my father because God gives him authority. But I don't obey my father or my Pope or my bishop when he tells me to do something contrary to the law of God. And that's exactly taught by St. Peter, the first Pope, saying we must obey God rather than men. But this perception that this... We have a, what is called in moral theology a reflex principle which says when in doubt, give the doubt to the authority. I agree. But when you're certain, you can no longer give doubt to the authority. You have to give, you have to stand by the truth. The truth, as we're told in St. Paul in the second letter of Thessalonians, when the Antichrist comes because the faithful lost their love for the truth. The truth is primordial. We can't be loving the truth with, on charity. But we can't have charity without the truth. We need both together. Charity and peace have kissed. Uh, truth and justice, they're all together. We can't have one without the other. But we 
I insist here on the truth because that's what's under attack. But we must do it with charity and with love of our fellow man and love for God, first of all. But I don't, does that answer your question? Good afternoon. My name is Juliana Hofbauer. I'm a retired teacher from Toronto. And I actually have two questions, if I could possibly ask them. The first one, has anyone investigated the specific things that disturbed Our Lady of Fatima in 1917 when she said that World War I would end and that another, much more terrible war would follow if people would not convert? Surely such an investigation would uncover some of the original or root causes of our present-day social ills and give all of us an indication of what Our Lady wants each of us to do. Our Lady in 1917 said, and I, I agree with what you're saying, but I want to add something that you might have missed, which I think is crucial. Our Lady said, this war will soon end, and if mankind does not amend, another war worse than this will come about. She then spoke about war, famine, persecution of the church, and persecution of the Holy Father. And she said, to prevent these chastisements, to prevent this, I will come to ask for the communions of reparation on the first Saturday, and I will come to ask for the consecration of Russia. So, I'd like to point out something that, which is very, first of all, the law of grace is much more important. We cannot, first of all, be good without grace. As the Council of Trent, which is surprising to me when I studied the Council of Trent, said we can easier, well, my way of putting it is, you can easier live normally without breathing than you can be good without grace. Grace is so necessary, and all grace comes to us through the Blessed Virgin. So Our Lady says that mankind has to amend. That's right. But of course we can't amend without grace. And Our Lady says to prevent these chastisements, which are because of man's sin, war, famine, persecution of the church, persecution of the Holy Father, to prevent this, I'm going to ask for two things. And it seems that it's like out in left field to say, well, what have these two things got to do with stopping wars and so forth? And she asked for the communion reparation, which she explained as confession, communion, praying five decks of the rosary and 15 minutes meditation, doing those four things with the intention of making reparation. And the other one is for the Pope to do the consecration, Pope and the bishops together to do the consecration, which he explained again in 1929. So if those two things were done, we would not have had World War II. We would not have had the Korean War. We would not have had the invasion of Iraq, Iran. We would not have the Twin Towers. You wouldn't have any of that had the consecration of Russia been done. Now, whatever, whoever caused these things, whether it was one or the other or the third, whoever caused them is ultimately caused by sin. Our Lady told Jacinta, war is a punishment for sin. So there are some sins that are, that are more egregious to God than others. And certainly, knowing what those things are, certainly the First World War, I believe some private revelations have said, is blasphemy. And certainly a lady of Blasphemy spoke about, about the not keeping the holy of the Sabbath day. And blasphemy, I think, is the second one. And I may, there may be a third. But, and certainly other revelations and other saints and holy people at that time have spoken in the same light. And certainly the offenses against God, as bad as offenses against man are, the offenses against God are worse. So, but to prevent all of this, all we need is one man and 4,000 other men to consecrate Russia. And it's all over. We have peace given to us. Or, if you, you really, all you need is 180 men to elect a pope who makes that his program. 
to consecrate Russia. Either way, you, once you have the consecration of Russia, and all the Pope has to do is to promise the Blessed Virgin that I, will, I Pope, will promote the five first Saturday devotion upon the conversion of Russia. He doesn't have to do anything other than that. Consecrate Russia publicly and solemnly. It's a prayer of five minutes. He says it publicly with the bishops. They can all be in one place. They can be in their own cathedrals. They say it. It takes. We spent billions and if not trillions of dollars on wars. We've lost in the 20th century. We lost Russia alone. They've, they've killed over 100 million of their own people. And talking about everybody else, we've lost. And with the, the Holocaust of the unborn, which is really not the right term for it, because it's religious Holocaust of religious sacrifice, as a Jewish writer points out, the so-called Holocaust of six million is not the right term because it's not a religious event. But the the death and the suffering of these 50 million babies every year, we're up to a, almost a billion babies being sacrificed in abortion in the last 20, 30 years. All of this can be prevented and would be prevented as soon as the Pope and the bishops do the consecration. That will bring about the grace from the Blessed Virgin. And our Lord said, was asked by Lucy, why will not bring about conversion of Russia? Why will not give us peace without this consecration? And our Lord answered, because I want my whole church to recognize that consecration as a triumph of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Thereby, later on, that my church places devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary beside my sacred heart. And he's not going to change his plan. We don't deserve what he wants to give us. And St. Augustine tells us there are certain graces God will not give to us except through the intercession and the merits of the saints. We don't deserve it. God won't give it. He will only give it through the merits of the Blessed Virgin and he won't give it to us without her getting the credit. That's why he's laid down the condition. Consecrate Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Then you'll have conversion Russia. Then you'll have world peace. No other way. Your choice. I think this choice is simple, but apparently after 33 years I've not explained it properly. I hope I did today. Thank you. My second question. While it is sensational to expose the things that Masons, Satanists, and other evil groups are doing, this exercise tends to point the finger at others than ourselves for the responsibility of our present-day demise. Would it not be valuable to discuss the violations we perpetrate that bring upon us the punishment of these non-Catholic groups? For example, Mother Teresa once said, abortion leads to war. Would it not be helpful to shift the emphasis of the areas of our concern? Well, I think there's two things. First of all, I hope that we don't give the impression that it's only other people. I believe, first of all, that by not listening to Our Lady Fatima, I think that's the... Just what is the sin of the world the Lord said? He said, because they have not believed in me. What is the sin of our century? Not believing in Our Lady of Fatima. So it's because the refusal of belief that have brought down the destruction of Jerusalem. And yes, there was all sorts of different people of different groups complotting this way and that way. But eventually it brought about, but all of these people, the Masons, the Communists, the Satanists, all of them are instruments of God. And they may think that they're fighting God, but they're serving God, like, liking it or not. As Lucy said, many times the Blessed Virgin Mary told me and my cousins, Jacinta and Francesco, that Russia is the instrument of chastisement chosen by heaven to punish the whole world unless 
We obtain the conversion of that poor nation. The only way to obtain the conversion of that poor nation is the consecration of Russia. And so, there are, I'm sure, good people in Russia, as there are good people uh, in other parts of the world. But, nevertheless, for the Third World War, or for the punishment of the whole world, Russia is the instrument of chastisement chosen by heaven. There's only one way around that, and that is the consecration of Russia. And yes, there, there are people that argue, and maybe with some reason, that it's because we're so bad that people, when Sister Lucy said, you know, uh, why won't you convert Russia without the consecration of Russia, said, because I want my whole church to recognize that. And therefore, I'm not changing my, my plan. It's only this way. Then she said, you must convince the Holy Father, because he won't believe me. And he said, our Lord said to Lucy, pray, pray a great deal for the Holy Father. He will do it, but it will be late. So we must pray for the Holy Father. It's part of our obligation. It's not just here. I'm not here pointing the finger. Well, it's Cardinal Bertoni and Bishop Sons. No. We have to, first of all, know what the truth is. We have to have our, you know, when Louis de Montfort wrote his book on the secret of the rosary, he gives an example of one of his forefathers who was a knight. He had 700 men and he was in the Middle Ages and he came to a walled city and he entered the city and shortly after that, 20,000 men came to that city. They were shut out for the night, and St. Louis de Montfort's forefather, by the same name, prayed all night, fasted, and prayed the rosary before the Blessed Sacrament. But what did he do in the morning? In the morning, he took 700 men, I think it was 750, he lost 50 of them, he took 750 men, that's all he had, and he didn't go anywhere else, he went after the leader of the enemy on the other side. With 750 men, he defeated 20,000. He lost 51 of his own men. What did he do? Very simple strategy. He went for the head. Where is the head? The head is consecrate Russia. That's what the head is. Consecrate Russia and the rest, two things happen. Russia is converted and Russia who understands from bitter experience of 70 years, understands the real enemy is masonry. And the masons will be given their choice. Stop your opposition to the church or pay the price of it. They will understand that. That is why the consecration I mentioned of David yesterday. David was consecrated, therefore he could convert, he could kill a lion and a, and a bear single-handedly, bare-handed. Now, who, what man would dare do that today? But David did it. He's less than 18 years old. And who would take on this giant of a man, Goliath, by himself with one, one stone and a slingshot? Yet David did it because he was consecrated. It is the consecration of Russia that will defeat the enemies of the church. God using Russia, this time as an instrument of chastisement of the enemies of God. But because we have listened to the corruption that the Masons put out, as a plan, if you read their plan, the uh, Alta Bandita is, we cannot bring about the defeat of the church by, by a stilato. By killing the Pope, to put it in blunt words, it won't bring about the demise of the church. No, we won't, must corrupt the church through their five senses. So they completely become corrupted, so the church will fall by itself. And that is the plan that the Masons have deliberately followed. So when Our Lady said in Fatima that certain fashions will be introduced, she didn't say they would happen, she said they would be introduced, that is deliberately introduced, by the enemies of the church and the faithful Catholics who are not so faithful are been taken in by this corruption that's been offered to them. When the prophet Balaam was offered gold, he told the people, the enemies of the people of God at that time, said, you want to defeat them? You can't win, because God protects them. But if you want to win, make them sin enough. 
And when you make them sin enough, then God will withdraw his protection. And that has been the strategy of our enemies. And yes, by name, the Masons. Let us be at least aware of their plans, aware that they're plotting this thing, and they have plotted it, and they've declared it publicly. Let's be aware of it, and let's, let's not go out on a Masonic witch hunt. Let's rather go out and recognize that these are our enemies. We should pray for their conversion, as St. Maximilian Kolbe did, and got others to pray for their conversion. At the same time, recognize their tactics. And it's important we recognize their tactics. It's not to draw upon, oh, well, it's them that's the fault, not me. I'm, I'm holy. I'm the best guy there is. No. Let's understand their tactics and let's be on our guard against the on a personal basis, but also on a social basis. That's why we talk about this stuff. Not just to say we're good and holy and these guys are bad. That's not the purpose of it. Okay. Uh, first, uh, Father Greener, let me say that I'm confident uh, that I speak for everyone in this room when I say thank you from the bottom of my heart for your passion, your fight, your apostolate, because it is through, uh, through your relentlessness that the message of Fatima uh, will get out. So thank you, first and foremost. Uh, I only have one brief question, and then I'm sure you want to get out and enjoy your birthday, so bon compreando. My question is, what, what makes you believe? Why now does the third secret deal with our time? What, what signs do we have that it's upon us right now? Well, you can read much uh, to bring about, first of all, the larger context of the question. The third secret refers to our time. I think there's no doubt about that. But just to defend it, Sister Lucy, I'll give you four things. And this all comes from Fermi Michel in his third volume of his 2,000-page works. We have it there. You're welcome to a copy of it. But I'll try and summarize it. There are four points we know it concerns our time. First of all, the third secret is part of the whole secret. So the third secret comes in order. She talks about in the second part of the secret, talks about the Second World War, the great sign in 1938, and the Second World War would come about because of the sins of men. It could have been prevented by the consecration, but it wasn't obviously done. Then in 1960, she wants the secret released by 1960, and now we have, it, thanks to Cardinal Bertone, we have the handwritten order, Lucy's own word, words saying, Our Lady, by express order, wanted released in 1960. So, why, and then Lucy was asked one time, why 1960? And she said, because it would be clearer then. I think she told that to Cardinal Tiaviani. So, here you have, it's a prophecy. We have Cardinal Tiaviani telling us a prophecy. Therefore, it's foretelling the future. It's foretelling the future that becomes clearer in 1960. What becomes clearer in the prophecy? Well, the prophecy starts to be, become realized. It becomes, it, was, it started in 1960 or shortly before 1960. So, the next thing we know about it is, at the end of the secret, we have the famous words of Our Lady, but in the end, my Immaculate will triumph. The Holy Father will consecrate Russia to me, Russia will be converted, and a period of peace given to mankind. So here we are in 1960, and the period, we haven't got the consecration yet, and where are we? We're in that period. So we're in the time of the third secret. It applies to us now. So now, to come to your more specific question, which is, why do I think the third secret, that is more exactly the vision of the Pope dressed in white, who was executed as was released by the Vatican in 2000, who was uh, executed or shot, as it describes him, by a band of soldiers. I point out that in the message of um, in Rianjo, 1931, to Sister Lucy, our Lord says, make it known to my ministers. So just remember, in 1929, our Lord came with the Blessed Virgin and the, the, in the Holy Trinity, and Our Lady speaks, in which Our Lady says, the moment has come in which God asks the Holy Father to make and to command all the bishops of the world to make. 
And there's two versions of that. I'm quoting the second one. It's on page 555 of the second volume of Frere Michel. It's a document in Lucy's own handwriting, and the word is command. The one that we have, which is more commonly known, is actually rewritten by her Jesuit confessor, the first one got destroyed. But the second one has the word, the Pope has to command the bishops. And I gave an reason why that is. But let's just get to the... So, in 1929, Sister Lucy is told, very formally, in the formal apparition for the consecration of Russia. Two years later and two months later, our Lord comes to Sister Lucy. And she was praying in the chapel in Rianjo, Rianjo in, in Spain. And she was in Our Lady Guadalupe Shrine. Actually, not Guadalupe from Mexico, but Guadalupe from Spain. And there our Lord says, she was praying for the conversion of Russia, Spain, Portugal. Our Lord congratulates her for praying. Very much, I like the fact that you, I, have, I forget how he puts it. He says, um, you please me, that's how he phrases it. You please me very much by praying for the conversion of those four nations. Ask it also of my mother. He then dictates two prayers for Lucy to say. He says, pray often, sweetheart of Mary, be the salvation of Russia, Spain, Portugal, Europe, and the whole world. Sweetheart of Mary, be the salvation of Russia, Spain, Portugal, Europe, and the whole world. So first of all, to those who say we're picking on Russia, the message of Fatima understands it's not just Russia that needs conversion. The whole world needs conversion. And particularly Spain, Portugal, and Europe. Not to take part against the rest of the world. The whole world needs conversion. So one thing. Second thing is, he says... At other times, pray, by thy pure and immaculate conception, O Mary, obtain for me the conversion of Russia, Spain, Portugal, Europe, and the whole world. So, there, but it says, then he says, make it known to my ministers, given they follow the example of the King of France. In delaying the execution of my command, like him, like the King of France, they will follow him into misfortune. Well, what is the misfortune of the King of France? And what did he do? The King of France was told by the Sacred Heart to consecrate France to the Sacred Heart. By putting the Sacred Heart on the flags of France, to consecrate his court to, to the Sacred Heart and so forth. And the kings of France for 100 years did not obey. So, asking me about timing. 1917, 2017. We have now 93 years passed by. We have seven years to go to 2017. Now, it's not said that we have, but in St. Alphonsus writes in his theology, he says that everything with God is measured. God, before you're born, let's see, has an allotted of how many mortal sins you're allowed to commit. After that allotment's reached, that's it. Some people have zero allotment. And no one knows what the allotment is. Everything is measured by eyedropper with God, including the amount of time that he gives for obeying a command. And it's clearly seen to the day that the King of France was given the order from the time St. Margaret Mary received it to the time he was stripped of the power to be able to carry it out was 100 years to the day. 17th of June, 1689, 17th of June, 1789. And by the way, the Feast of St. Gregory Barbergio is the 17th of June. The same relic that John 23rd put the, the secret in is St. Gregory Barbergio's uh, thing, 17th of June. Is that a coincidence? You can call it that. Is that something that God is trying to tell us something? 17th of June, 100 years to the day. Maybe we've got 100 years to the day. He's trying to tell us something. Given they follow the example of the King of France, in doing this to my command, like him, they will be executed. Now you have the vision given to us in 2000, read by Cardinal Ratzinger and Archbishop Bertoni. Now, why would I say that? Well, first of all, we're running out of time. We have seven years to go. And yes, it's possible that Pope Ratzinger will die before 2017. And that's, that's one possibility. The second thing is that there are people who have prophetic gifts, who I've seen being, proving themselves 
And he tells me that this Pope will not do the consecration of Russia. The only, then it's a mathematical deduction. If it won't be this Pope doing the consecration of Russia, but I believe that this Pope will release the whole secret finally, it will be this Pope that has to die in that vision. Not that I'm imposing it on, but that's just the force of the prophecy is conditional for the for delaying it. The next Pope will get the message and do the consecration. So that's that's where I deduce it from. I don't know if that's clear enough, but I uh, hope that is. Today, in the year of our Lord, 2023, we know that Joseph Ratzinger went to his final judgment on December 31st, 2022. We also know that Pope Benedict XVI did not release the full text of the Third Secret of Fatima. Thus, we continue to await and urgently pray for a Pope who will properly consecrate Russia, a Pope who will release the Third Secret. And we know there may very well be a Pope who is executed as per the vision which John Paul II did release in June of 2000. Following Father Gruner's line of thought, we also give weighty consideration to our Lord's words of warning to Sister Lucia at Rianjo. Regarding the French kings and our Lord's request that France be consecrated to the Sacred Heart, our Lord issued His command to Louis XIV, the Sun King, on June 17th, 1689, through a nun, Sister Margaret Mary Alacoque, and her superiors. Louis XIV disobeyed and never consecrated France to the Sacred Heart. Louis XIV was succeeded to the throne by his great-grandson, Louis XV, in 1715. Louis XV disobeyed and never consecrated France to the Sacred Heart. That monarch's grandson, Louis XVI, next came onto the throne in 1774. Time was running out, yet Louis XVI disobeyed and never publicly consecrated France to the Sacred Heart. His eldest son died on June 4, 1789, and a few weeks later marked the 100th year that the French kings had refused to obey our Lord. On June 17, 1789, a hundred years to the day, Louis XVI was then stripped of his authority by the revolutionaries leading the General Estates, which, ironically, he himself had called into session. Two years later, June 21, 1791, he attempted to flee, but was discovered and returned to Paris. And a year after that, June 20th, 1792, a revolutionary mob attacked and invaded his royal palace. Clearly, our Lord had been very merciful and patient in tolerating this disobedience, issuing many warnings. Nevertheless, King Louis XVI was condemned to death by the National Convention, by a vote of 380 to 310, and guillotined on January 21st, 1793. A very public execution, 
with a steady stream of many others being executed for days on end. In fact, nine months later, his wife and queen, Marie Antoinette, met the same fate. The reign of terror did not end for another 18 months. Their younger son, Louis XVII, died on June 8, 1795. Yet the French Revolution spread its diabolical errors, along with war, famine, and plague, across the face of Europe and its many colonies. God issued the command for the consecration of Russia on June 13, 1929. One hundred years to the day will be June 13, 2029. This presentation has been brought to you by the Fatima Center. Copyright 2023. All rights reserved. Please share this podcast with others and prayerfully discern, including the Fatima Center, in your monthly tithe. Regular monthly donors are vital for our continuing operation. To support Our Lady's Apostolate, please visit our website, Fatima.org, or call one 800 263 8160 Sacred Heart of Jesus Thy Kingdom come Immaculate Heart of Mary Be our salvation